0: Radio
1: This is Bobby with your Catholic news headlines For the week ending the 1st of August 2014 In this week's news The Vatican marks the first World Day against trafficking in persons Chinese Christians injured in protests against demolition of churches Dominican theologians release report on pastoral care of divorced and remarried Catholics In the lead up to Synod Catholic prison ministry scrapped in Brisbane and worldwide protests show support for the plight of Christians in Iraq. The Vatican has this week marked the first World Day Against Trafficking in Persons by hosting a video conference with America's top official on monitoring human trafficking. The Vatican's Pontifical Academy of Sciences hosted the conference, along with the U.S. Embassy to the Holy See and the Ecumenical Global Freedom Network. Ambassador Louis Sedbacher, attending the conference from Washington, spoke on the findings of the recent U.S. report on trafficking in persons. Vatican Radio has that report.
0: Tracking progress made in 188 countries around the world, the report focuses on a triple paradigm of prevention, protection and prosecution. It's filled with personal stories about men, women and children who've escaped from slavery and are now helping in the fight against the traffickers. Talking to journalists about the millions of people still falling victim to this crime, Ambassador C. De backer said there has been an important shift in the way trafficking is being defined.
2: Trafficking was only if you move someone across an international border. And so that allowed the exemption from their calculations of people, for instance, who were working in debt bondage in the same village that their parents had been in debt bondage and their grandparents had been in debt bondage. It defined out hereditary slavery in Mauritania, Mali, and, and other parts of West Africa. And so I think that what we've seen is, yes, the problem is probably increasing because of globalization, but our ability to recognize it and to identify it is increasing at a much greater
0: pace. But does this mean we're making real progress against the trafficking gangs? Certainly, the ambassador listed numerous countries, from the UK to Chile, Sudan to Haiti, that have introduced new anti-trafficking legislation. But he said there's still not enough political will to tackle the more hidden forms of this widespread phenomenon.
2: What we've seen around the world is that governments will always try to reclassify things so that they are not human trafficking, to protect their fishing industry, to protect their palm oil industry, to protect their charcoal industry, to protect their ability to bring in nannies, or to have people come in and build their stadiums for upcoming sporting events. You now, all of those things are incentives for governments to try to classify things as other than and so I think that that's one of the things that the faith community can do is help first governments gaze back to.
0: Ambassador C. De stressed the important role the Church has played in defining trafficking as a crime against humanity, pushing it higher up the public agenda. But he said it's vital to work closer together with all those dealing with the problem to find more effective prevention
1: strategies. Pope Francis demonstrated his commitment to ending human trafficking earlier this year when he launched the Global Freedom Network in partnership with the Anglican and Muslim leaders. World Day Against Trafficking is an initiative of the United Nations aiming to raise awareness of the millions of people trafficked each year and sold into sex slavery or forced labour. Dozens of Christians have been beaten during a rally to protect Kaoyang Church in Zhenya, China, early last week. The Kaoyang Church building was to be demolished that day under orders by the Chinese government. Another 130 churches have been marked for the same fate. Police and urban management attempted to control the situation by inflicting violence upon the crowd of 1,000 Christians, causing dozens to be hospitalised. Images of the incident from social media sites show victims suffering heavy blood loss and injuries to the head. The incident follows that of the 4th of April, where Shenjiang Church, Wenzhou, was defended by thousands of Chinese Christians after the Chinese Communist Party threatened to demolish it. This church has since been destroyed. More than 60 churches in Wenzhou alone have received a demolition notice within the past three months. The city has had more churches demolished than anywhere else across mainland China. These incidents are part of the government's wider effort to suppress the practice of religion and follows China's campaign to outlaw private church gatherings, which took place in May this year. Under Chinese law, Christians are also restricted to worshipping one day a week and preachers are required to avoid mention of politically sensitive topics. A group of Dominican theologians have released an article on the pastoral care of divorced and remarried Catholics, in the lead-up to October's Extraordinary Synod of Bishops. The 30-page article, published in Swiss journal Nova et Vetera, is largely a response to proposals outlined by Cardinal Walter Kasper at the Extraordinary Consistory of Cardinals in February this year. Cardinal Kasper had suggested taking a less judicial path to the marriage annulment process and the admission of divorced and remarried Catholics to the reception of Holy Communion. The article outlines theological issues with Cardinal Kasper's proposals, namely their direct contradiction of the teachings of popes, councils and Christ himself. The article references scripture, church fathers and various other texts to demonstrate Cardinal Kasper's problematic approach to marriage, annulment, Holy Communion and the call to chastity. The article states the church's teaching on marriage, divorce, human sexuality and chastity can be hard to receive. Christ himself saw this when he proclaimed it. However, this truth brings with it an authentic message of freedom and hope. There is a way out of vice and sin. There is a way forward that leads to happiness and love. You can access the full article on the Cradio website. The Queensland Department of Corrective Services has scrapped the Catholic Prison Ministry and the Prisoner's Legal Service, claiming it found no demonstrable need for the services. Fairfax Media reported on Wednesday. For about 20 years, the advocacy groups have been visiting Queensland prisons, speaking to the prisoners about issues within the prisons which impact on the prisoners. The Catholic Prison Ministry has used the information gathered as part of its annual report to correction facilities. A spokeswoman for the Queensland Corrective Services said the state has a robust oversight framework to ensure appropriate levels of accountability and transparency across the correctional system. QCS understands the legitimate and long-standing interest that both the Catholic Prison Ministry and other similar organisations have with the correction system, the spokeswoman said. As such, the organisations have been advised that visiting arrangements with individual prisoners can continue, she said. Catholic Prison Ministry Coordinator Dave Martin told community radio station 4ZZZ that the information gained informed their reports and the systematic issues raised. International condemnation continues in response to the expulsion and persecution of Christians in Mosul, Iraq by Islamic State militants. In the United Kingdom, National Director of Aid to the Church in Need, Neville Kirk-Smith, said that the British government is partially responsible for the current situation in Iraq and the Middle East. Mr Kirk Smith said the UK's balanced approach to uprisings in the Middle East, supporting rebels as long as they are not too extreme, has blown up in our face. Meanwhile, Aid to the Church in Need, Australia's National Director Philip Colignon, has stated that the Catholic Church in the Iraq region is currently responding to the needs of the newly displaced Christians. Mr. Colin Young detailed this response in a recent interview with Cradio.
2: Now, there's also something like five to ten thousand also Christians who are fleeing to Kurdistan for refuge, and the Catholic Church there is setting up uh, centres for for these displaced Christians, and it's been quite remarkable, really. Here we have the situation in Erbil where the Catholic Church is just scrambling to cater for the Christian population. They're building churches and also you now catering for uh, the Christians who have been evacuated there. And um, yeah, it's going to be a headache for for Archbishop Water as he tries to cater for those displaced Christians.
1: In Baghdad, protests have been held by both Christians and Muslims condemning the Islamic state expulsion, protesters, reportedly prayed in solidarity for peace in the region, holding signs which said, I am Iraqi, I am Christian. Similar protests were also seen in Western nations throughout the week, with demonstrations held by Christians and Muslims in London, Paris, Washington DC and The Hague. Protests have also been planned in Sydney by Australia's Coptic community to take place on Saturday in the Sydney CBD The protest will demand a peacekeeping intervention in the Islamic State-controlled territory and humanitarian aid to the displaced. More information can be found on the Cradio website. That's it for this week's headlines. Thanks for listening. For more details of these stories or for more Catholic talks, interviews and programs, visit cradio.org.au.